Episode 25, Missing in St. John. Hello everyone, and welcome to a special bonus episode of Missing in the Carolinas. I recently traveled to the U.S. Virgin Islands and spent time in both St. Thomas and St. John. The area is beautiful and rich in culture, clear blue water, and natural wonders. It was hit hard by Hurricane Irma in September of 2017 and is still in the process of rebuilding. Before I left for my trip, I heard on the news that there was a British woman named Sarm Heslop who is close to my age who had gone missing from St. John. I listened to the initial details of her disappearance and got an immediate bad feeling. Then, while driving around St. Thomas, I saw a digital billboard with the details of her disappearance on it, so I started doing a little more research on the case. St. John is the smallest of the three main islands that make up the U.S. Virgin Islands. It's only about three miles away from St. Thomas and easily accessible by both passenger and car ferries. It also has the reputation of being the most pristine. Preserved National Park land makes up two-thirds of the island. It's well known for its white sand and variety of beaches. There's Trunk Bay, one of the most popular beaches with visitors, Maho Bay, where you'll be sure to spot some sea turtles, Cinnamon Bay, the secluded Salt Pond Bay, and much more. There are more than 500 species of fish and 40 types of coral to be found in the clear blue waters. Visitors enjoy hiking trails of all expert levels and often include sightings of old plantation ruins. But don't let the tranquility of the island fool you. It has a past fraught with some dark history and natural disaster. Here is some backstory I found on the Fodor's Travel Guide website. In 1675, Jorgen Iverson claimed the unsettled island for Denmark. By 1733, there were more than a thousand slaves working more than 100 plantations. In that year, the island was hit by a drought, hurricanes, and a plague of insects that destroyed the summer crops. With famine a real threat and the planters keeping them under tight rain, the slaves revolted on November 23, 1733. They captured the fort at Coral Bay, took control of the island, and held on to it for six months. During this period, about 20% of the island's total population was killed, the tragedy affecting both black and white residents in equal percentages. French troops from Martinique eventually helped end the rebellion. Slavery continued until 1848, when slaves in St. Croix marched on Frederickstead to demand their freedom from the Danish government. This time, it was granted. After emancipation, St. John fell into decline, its inhabitants eking out a living on small farms. Life continued in much the same way until the National Park opened in 1956 and tourism became an industry. You'll find people from all walks of life on St. John today. That's probably what attracted Sarm Heslop to the island in the first place. It's the perfect place for nomadic souls to take up temporary port. Sarm is a 41-year-old British woman who has also worked as a flight attendant in the past. Friends and family describe her as an adventurous free spirit with a real zest for life. She moved to St. John to live on a 47-foot catamaran called the Siren Song, owned by an American man named Ryan Bain. From what I read in an Elle magazine article, Sarm had met Ryan on Tinder and was earning money by cooking for tourists Ryan would take out on his boat on Caribbean tours. 
She had a dream of becoming a chef, and this was her way to work towards that dream. Sarm and Ryan spent the evening of March 7th in Cruise Bay on St. John, an area with bars, restaurants, and retail stores. A bartender reported seeing them sitting at the bar at 420 to center, and he told authorities the two seemed relaxed, happy, and shared a few beers together before leaving. Unfortunately, the bar's CCTV was blown out in an electrical storm days before, so the bar could not provide investigators with footage of Sarm and Ryan that night. Ryan later told authorities he and Sarm made it back to the Siren Song, where it was moored on Frank Bay a little after 10 p.m. that night. According to an article that ran in the Daily Mail on March 13th, Ryan told a friend that he had been awakened by the sound of the boat's anchor alarm, which indicates a vessel has moved too far from its mooring around 2 a.m. That's when he realized Sarm was no longer on the boat. The boat was only about 100 feet from the shoreline and the surrounding water around it was about 11 feet deep, according to a British television interview I watched featuring two of Sarm's friends. Ryan called 911 to report that he couldn't find her, and they told him to go ahead and call the Coast Guard. For some reason, he waited until almost noon to call the Coast Guard. This was about nine hours after he reported her missing. The Coast Guard conducted a search and rescue operation for Sarm, noting that her phone, passport, and all other belongings had been left behind on the yacht. Officers with the Coast Guard boarded the boat twice to look around. On their second visit to the Siren Song, they brought members of the U.S. Virgin Islands Police Department who wanted to do a more thorough search of the boat and go into the staterooms. Ryan refused the request. The Coast Guard gave him a citation for what they called obstructing law enforcement agents, along with other safety citations. In the British TV interview I watched with two of Sarm's friends, they mentioned they had been in contact with her during her time on the Siren Song. She hadn't given them any indications that things were amiss in her relationship with Ryan, so her disappearance off the boat came as a complete surprise to them. They also mentioned that Sarm has a vast network of friends all over the world, including in the Caribbean and Australia, so if she were in trouble for any reason, she wouldn't hesitate to reach out to people she knew. But when news of Sarm's disappearance reached the ex-wife of Ryan Bain, a woman named Corey Stevenson, she began speaking out to various media outlets about Ryan's history of abusive behavior towards women. He served 21 days in jail in 2011 after assaulting her during an argument. Stevenson told the Fox News, if you were just to meet Ryan in the bar or anywhere, you would think he's awesome. Everyone thinks he's wonderful. It's what they're not seeing behind closed doors. Before we continue, let's take a minute for a word from our sponsor. I've always enjoyed writing fiction, but I didn't really get serious about it until I was in my 30s. After submitting to the WOW Flash Fiction Contest a few times, I was thrilled when I placed as a runner-up with my piece titled In the Depths. WOW still hosts a quarterly writing contest every three months, and I highly recommend entering it. The entry fees are minimal, and you can also purchase a critique to get feedback on your story once the contest concludes. The mission of this contest is to inspire creativity, great writing, and provide well-rewarded recognition to contestants. The contest is open globally, age is as of no matter, and entries must be in English. 
And the best part is that the contest is open to all genres, from romance to science fiction to thriller suspense to literary fiction. Literary agent Emily Forney with Bookends Literary Agency will be serving as the judge for the finalists in this contest. You can learn more about the contest guidelines at wow-womenonwriting.com. Submit your entry by May 31st for the spring contest. And now, let's get back to the show. At this point in time, the Coast Guard has conducted a search of the bay near where the siren song was moored from both helicopter and by boat. They've also had boats conduct a search of the shoreline, adjacent islands, and all the waters around and out to sea from where the vessel was located, according to a report published in the Virgin Daily News. According to the BBC, the FBI, and the UK, authorities are assisting the Virgin Islands Police Department with the investigation by finding and interviewing witnesses. On April 1st, the New York Post reported that investigators cannot confirm with certainty whether or not Sarm was actually on the siren song before Ryan Bain reported her missing on March 8th. Ryan Bain has not been named a suspect or person of interest in the disappearance of Sarm Heslop. He did reportedly hire high-profile defense attorney David Caddy. The Virgin Islands-based lawyer is also known for representing Ghislaine Maxwell, Jeffrey Epstein's alleged recruiter, when she was under investigation there this past summer. As a side note, while chatting with an employee at the resort I was staying at on our trip, the Elysian Beach Resort on the east end of St. Thomas, she pointed out the island just across the bay that Jeffrey Epstein purchased in the late 1990s, called Little St. James. While the details of this case change daily, as of right now, the Virgin Islands Police Department has shared that Ryan Bain and the Siren Song remain in the U.S. Virgin Islands, and they do know the location of his whereabouts. Here is the official statement from Sarm's family that they released to the public on April 2nd. It is now over three weeks since Sarm went missing, 25 days in which we get more and more concerned as we wait for news. We know that the Virgin Islands Police Department is doing as much as possible, and we are happy that the Hampshire Police is also assisting their investigation. We want to say a heartfelt thank you to the local community for continuing their efforts to help search for Sarm. If we could travel then, we would. We just want to be on the island helping with the search and we dream of being able to wrap our arms around our darling daughter. One of Sarm's best friends added, we want to know what happened after Sarm left the restaurant in Cruise Bay. As a friends group, we are doing everything we can to help support her parents and each other. No matter how insignificant something may seem, the tiniest detail may be relevant so we would encourage people to come forward and speak to VIPD immediately. Sarm is a Caucasian female, approximately 5 feet 8 inches tall, of athletic build, with long dark brown hair. She has a large, colorful tattoo on her shoulder depicting a seahorse, butterfly, and flower. If anyone has any information that may help in the search for Sarm, they should contact VIPD Major Crime Department, Criminal Investigation Bureau, at 774-2211, extension 5617, or 5554. This brings us to the conclusion of this bonus episode, Missing in St. John. If you enjoyed this episode, please do me a favor and give it a five-star rating wherever you listen to your podcasts. Let us know what some of your favorite episodes are on our social media pages or wherever you leave reviews. 
It helps when deciding what type of content listeners find most interesting. We're now on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, so please like our pages and get started on a discussion of the missing people profiled on the show. I'm also pleased to announce that this podcast has received almost 20,000 downloads. When I checked while putting the finishing touches on this script, we were about 200 short. I'd love it if you'd recommend Missing in the Carolinas to anyone you know who enjoys true crime podcasts. If you want to visit my blog and read more about true crime cases from all over the country, including the ones featured here, visit missinginthecarolinas.com. Cover art for this podcast was designed by Macintosh Multimedia. All episodes are researched and written by me, Renee Robertson, with sound editing provided by Mia Robertson. Thank you so much for listening.